and start your engines. Uh, you're coming out about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Jim Paris here with you. The website is ChristianMoney.com. Big show lined up for you tonight. Really excited to have him back with us. A really interesting guy, lifelong martial artist. Uh, many years in law enforcement, private investigator, bodyguard, a super fascinating guy. He's going to be with us tonight at 9.30 p.m. His name is Randy Williams, and we're also going to talk a little bit about his book. Uh, He solved what I think is the world's most famous cold case, the Jack the Ripper case. Uh, He has solved that case. We'll talk a little bit about his book as well, and uh, we'll be getting into the manhunt for Brian Laundrie. And uh, this is all about the Gabby Petito case. A lot going on, including even Dog the Bont- the Dog the Bounty Hunter, uh, Dwayne Dog Chapman, is now in the hunt for Brian Laundrie. So all of that coming up tonight in 28 minutes in our guest segment with Randy Williams. Uh, I got a big announcement for you. So I've been telling you how well the podcast has been doing, the live broadcast, all the things we're doing. And uh, big announcement for you. I found out this week that Jim Paris Live is now globally ranked in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide by Listen Notes. And Listen Notes is a pretty interesting site. Um, They are like the search engine for podcasting. And they have all these statistics about downloads and listeners and all of that. And it's really cool. It's interesting to note that there are right now about 2.7 million podcasts in the world. 2.7 million. Everybody's got a podcast, right? Well, almost everybody. And we are excited to be in the top 5% globally ranked uh, worldwide in the top 5% of all podcasts by Listen Notes. All right, so next week we're going to be doing some best of for you because I'm about to get on an airplane on Tuesday morning. I have a terribly early flight. I'll be flying to the Northeast to visit my daughter for a few days, so I'll be taking off next Sunday. But whenever I go up to the Northeast, here's what's cool. If you follow me on social media, this is the time of year when all the leaves are changing and it is just incredible up there. It is literally a, a it, it is like it's a show that God puts on one time a year. And it is incredible uh, how it looks up there this time of year. So I'm really looking forward to my visit to see my daughter and also to see the uh, leaves changing colors uh, up in the northeast. Our, our daughter lives in New Hampshire, so I'll be up there uh, for several days. But if you follow me on social media, you'll get to see lots of pictures and lots of videos of that. And I always have uh, time to kind of do some nature walks and walk and talk type videos and all that. So follow me over on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, all of those places uh, uh, to get the bonus uh, material while I'm taking a few days off. 
Uh, all right, so what is exploding on my uh, social media today? And I, I literally just copied and pasted this, this headline, and this is reported by multiple, multiple news sources. And I'm excited to say, I'm happy to say that 90% plus of the people responding to this uh, are not happy about this quote. Although there's a couple of doubters in there, uh, you know, uh, I don't believe he said that. Uh, I'm not sure where this quote came from. Uh, and, I, and I try to explain that uh, I am largely just a news aggregator. That is, I read a lot of news every day. Uh, I'm not much anymore into listening to too much news or commentary, but I do read a lot of the news. And so here is the quote. I have not added anything to this quote. It's widely reported, so if you don't believe me, you can do a Google search. It is everywhere. Uh, Prosperity preacher Jesse Duplantis says, the reason Jesus hasn't returned yet is because people aren't giving money as they should. That is the quote. And people are going crazy about that uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, You know, I'm not a fan of Jesse Duplantis. I'm not a fan of... Kenneth Copeland, or a lot of these other prosperity teachers. I'm not, but I have no reason to misquote the man. This is what is being reported. Uh, Apparently, there's a video of him saying this as well. Uh, You can go to Google and you can search it. Now, you could maybe take this uh, in one way that might not be so terrible, right? So if you give this the most kind interpretation, You might look at it like this and say that what Jesse Duplantis is really saying is that the Lord doesn't want to return until the entire world has been evangelized. And since it takes money to evangelize the world, maybe you could then interpolate this in a very kind way and say, well, if people gave more money, there'd be more evangelism. And maybe that's what he ultimately meant. And that's just kind of really stretching it. Uh, because I'm sure the basis of this was not just people to give money in general uh, to ministries, because when people like this make comments like this, it is always about giving money to them. Uh, And that's where sort of the disingenuousness of it uh, comes into play. Uh, So in any case, uh, that's the quote. Tons of people commenting on it uh, on my Facebook page in particular. Jesse Duplantis says the reason Jesus hasn't returned yet is people aren't giving money as they should. Uh, I'm not really sure how anybody could support that. I I did my best to try to come to a defense <laughs> of Jesse Duplantis, and that's the best I could do. So I'm, I'm not a very good uh, lawyer arguing on his behalf. Okay, I have followed L.A. Marzulli for many years, and he's been on the show uh, you know, three, four times a year, typically. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, I typically agree with most of what he says, but then on occasion, he kind of goes a little bit out onto the fringes, but, uh, I'll tell you what the guy always, it ends up, he's always right. Even when I've doubted some of the things he's predicted, I've ended up being wrong. And here's another one. So, you know, that Ellie Marzulli has been on the show for years talking about the mark of the beast, not just being a mark, not just being a means of buying and selling, but it's his strong belief 
that the mark of the beast will actually change our DNA. And this is, he gets into the transhumanism and the whole part of this. But I, I read this story today and I read it twice and it gave me chills. And I thought, you know what? There, there he is again. Ellie Marzulli again, nailing it, predicting uh, something that I wasn't really sure would ever happen. But, but here we go. This is from the Jerusalem Post. And it says, here's the headline. Could DNA vaccines be the next tool in the world's battle against COVID-19. India last month said that it had created the world's first DNA vaccine. Zy-CoV-D is what it's called. While standard vaccines use actual, quote-unquote, hardware protein, DNA vaccines use the software blueprint of the virus. So, what they're talking about here is, <laughs> this sounds crazy. They're talking about installing a software program into our DNA. And, you know, I may totally misunderstand this. I am not a medical geek. I don't always understand these things. But this sounds pretty darn close to what our friend Ellie Marzulli has been talking about for years. The idea of tinkering with DNA. And so if you're someone that's upset with the idea of these mRNA vaccines, these so-called spike protein vaccines, they're now saying the next generation and they're already uh, they've already created this. India has announced that they have this. This is not science fiction. India says they have this. It, they're, they're saying it is a software blueprint of the virus so if you take this particular vaccine it is a software program that will go into your body to modify your dna i kid you not i kid you not it is here it's in the jerusalem post and i shared this on all my social media platforms um i don't know it's here here he is again ellie marzuli once again uh nails it and, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I'm being honest with you that I was, you know, when he starts getting into this, modifying the DNA and the mark of the beast is that. And it's, uh, uh, you know, humans merging with computers and transhumanism and man trying to live forever, ever by mon uh, modifying DNA. Uh, when he gets into that area, I've always thought, oh, a little bit far out there. Maybe this is not maybe this is not going to happen. But here we go. Uh, it's right there in the Jerusalem Post. India says they have this. And wow, just wow. Okay, tonight's sponsor, Keeping Us Commercial Free. This is really cool, and you're going to love this. I have mine right here sitting next to my desk. So if you are watching on the video feed, you get to see this. I'm going to hold it up there. Uh, the glare is kind of stopping you from seeing it too well. Let me see. There we go can kind of turn it a little bit and you can see it there we go kind of angle it okay this is a trump collectible coin and it comes in this beautiful uh plastic case and this is a freebie and uh i love mine i keep it on my desk i, I have a small coin collection that i started when i was a little kid and i still have those coins somewhere we were looking for them the other day and couldn't find them i know they're in the house here somewhere uh but in any case uh this is a, a freebie 
Why is it free? You're just like me if you're asking that question. I'm always skeptical of these freebies. Uh, the deal is this. Um, they've got a lot of Trump stuff that they're selling, other Trump memorabilia, et cetera, et cetera. So the coin is like to get to their website, they'll give you the coin for free. You just pay the shipping. And it's a really cool freebie, a great collectible. And uh, it honestly is just to get you to their website. Uh, but for every person that gets a free coin, we get a couple of bucks, which helps the broadcast. And that's tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free. Grab your free Trump coin. All you've got to do is go to coin.christianmoney.com. Write it down. Go there later. Coin.christianmoney.com. Tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free. Your free Trump coin at coin.christianmoney.com. Okay. I saw this story earlier this week, and it really got my attention. Federal Express is rerouting more than 600,000 packages a day because of labor shortages. I just found that fascinating. Uh, and I was out at, at a little coffee shop that I really love in St. Augustine. And uh, they had four or five people behind the counter working. And the reason why that that's significant is a few weeks ago, I went there and there was only one person running the whole place. And that was because they couldn't get any workers. And so they had like four or five people back there working. And um, I asked one of the young ladies about it. She said, yep, unemployment's over. The unemployment money's gone. So people are working now. So I'm hoping that maybe we're starting to see a, a transition there. But uh, let me tell you why this is interesting to me. Uh, FedEx is rerouting more than 600,000 packages a day because of labor shortages. So I ran across another article talking about seasonal jobs. And every year at ChristianMoney.com, we always do an article, a video or two about these seasonal jobs that come up. You know, all the big retailers, Amazon, UPS, FedEx, uh, a lot of businesses will staff up, will add quite a, a few, you know, tens of thousands in these bigger uh, companies, you know, Target, Walmart, they'll add tens of thousands of people into these seasonal jobs. Now, we've always said this is a good opportunity to make extra money. Uh, you can do this, these seasonal jobs part time, but also they many times can transition into a full time job. So people who, you know, uh, turn out to be a great part-time UPS worker or part-time FedEx worker many times are considered for a full-time gig after the holiday season is over. Now, here's what's interesting about it this time around, and we've never been able to say this before. Uh, they're, they're literally paying these uh, enormous sign-on bonuses for these seasonal jobs. So not only are they offering more money than ever before per hour, but some of these are actually saying they'll give you like $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 to take a seasonal job. So how cool is that? Not only do you get the seasonal job with a higher pay than ever, but also you're getting these sign-on bonuses as well. So, you know, I, I've been saying this for weeks, months, uh, this labor shortage, there's an opportunity there for people that want to work. If you're somebody that wants to work, this is an opportunity for you to get into the workforce. It, maybe you're not happy where you're working. Maybe you're not making enough money. Uh, this is an opportunity. The, the seasonal jobs and a lot of these same companies are just, you know, they're looking for full-time people too. So it's not just seasonal. It's also full-time people. But uh, uh, look for an article probably coming out in a couple of days for me 
our annual article about who's hiring seasonally, but it's also going to have some more info on all the hiring bonuses uh, that are going to be available. And all this is, is starting right now. So if you want to get in on this, this is the this is your window. Um, they typically will start interviewing around right now, end of September, first part of October, get people lined up and actually geared up uh, two, three weeks before Thanksgiving is when people are, are typically called in to get trained, to get ready for the uh, big kickoff, which is that Black Friday, that day after Thanksgiving. So uh, a lot of good opportunities out there for people. Okay, uh, back to the mark of the beast here. <laughs> I got a little theme going here tonight. Uh, I, I found this interesting. The government of Italy orders companies not to pay on vaccinated workers. So, wow. Uh, I posted this on my social media and uh, several people commented that uh, the U.S. is probably taking notes. And I, I've been saying this for months. As you know, I got the vaccine and I explained to you why I'm not going to get into that tonight. Um, I don't believe that people should be forced to get the vaccine. Okay. All that being said, uh, what we're seeing is more and more mandates. If you don't get the vaccine, then this will happen to you. You can't go to this. You can't fly. You can't do all these different things. So, you know, they haven't officially, you know, blacklisted people from flying yet who don't have proof of a vaccine. Uh, but this is happening in other countries. And what, what we're seeing is, sort of what happens over in Europe ends up happening over here. And uh, this whole vaccine passport and all of that nonsense, that's all going on all around the world, just not here quite yet. Uh, it's happening in certain places like New York City uh, is, um, you know, using a, a vaccine passport to force people to prove they're vaccinated. I overheard some people at a restaurant the other day. It was a hilarious discussion because they said, uh, they're, they're both from New York, so they're, they're talking and you can hear their New York accent. And the guy says to his wife, he says, you know, at this point, probably every New Yorker has at least five fake vaccine passports in their pocket right now. <laughs> and I had to laugh because if you've ever been to New York, I mean, these are these are slick people, right? I mean, that's where you get the the fake Louis Vuitton uh, purse being sold, uh, you know, uh, on, on Broadway. You know, you're, you're going to a Broadway show and there's some, hey, I got a got a Louis Vuitton purse here for you. 50 bucks. Uh, you know, it's it's funny that they think that this <laughs> the idea of the, you know, you, you get like this little paper card from the pharmacy where you get the vaccination and that is somehow going to prove, uh, you know, to be a, a worthwhile identification card that, that people are going to respect uh, silliness. But in any case, this idea, and I've been saying this for months, uh, what more can the government do? Hey, you can't, maybe you won't get your tax refund unless you're vaccinated. Uh, maybe you're not going to be able to fly. They're already taking away your job in many cases if you don't get vaccinated. I read a story about an NBA player who won't get vac. He doesn't want to get vaccinated, and now he's being banned from playing in all the home games. I think this is um, a Golden State Warriors uh, player in California, uh, Northern California. He's not going to be allowed to play in any of the home games because he's not willing to get vaccinated. So. Write it down because it could be coming here next. Italy ordering companies not to pay workers who are unvaccinated. So isn't that crazy? I mean, it's one thing to say uh, you lose your job, but if they owe you money, then they're not going to pay you. 
They're, you're not going to get your, your final pay because you're not vaccinated. Uh, that, to me, getting really darn close to the mark of the beast. This story, again, another shocker, California has ended their eviction moratorium. Now, we know that the federal moratorium ended a few weeks ago, but some individual states kept their moratoriums in place so that if you were a deadbeat tenant, you could stay in that uh, home uh, for months and months and months without paying rent. And, And look, I know some people are in tough spots because of COVID and losing their job. But all this money is out there. There's money for this. There's rental assistance. There's mortgage forbearances. And some people have been living without making a rent or mortgage payment for going on well past a year at this point. So here's the number that will shock you and shock me. 1.4 million, 1.4 million Los Angeles residents are at risk of eviction or foreclosure. I don't know what the precise population is of uh, the L.A. area, but can you imagine 1.4 million people? I don't even know how the courts could process the foreclosures and evictions at that level. 1.4 million Los Angeles residents are at risk of eviction or foreclosure because the California eviction and foreclosure moratorium has ended all right uh i'm waiting and i'm hoping and i'm praying that someone is going to successfully be able to sue facebook for all of this censorship and what might even be worse than censorship is you know it's one thing for them to take down your content but it's another thing for them to flag your content to go ahead and throttle it so that basically not very many people see it. And those that do think that you are a, uh, a nutcase, uh, they think that you're a conspiracy theorist and they basically, you know, destroy your credibility with all these little tags and warnings that they put on your content. So uh, one guy I've always loved over the years, libertarian John Stossel, he uh, published a couple of videos where he got into a lot of really interesting details about climate change. And, and here's a guy who he's sort of apolitical. He just goes out there in a common sense way and starts asking questions and putting data together. And I love how he reports. Um, he typically will take on issues where there's sort of a, a common understanding or a common belief. And then he shoots a big hole through it. Uh, and, and tells you why, you know, that perspective may not be correct or maybe just a partial picture. So he took on the issue of climate change and his videos were were throttled. So less people saw them and also they were flagged by fact checkers. And his side of it is, look, I interviewed people on both sides of this. It was uh, very John John Stossel-esque in the way that he did it. He interviewed people on both sides of it, asking questions, tough questions of both sides. And he kind of put this out there in two different videos. And so it's his position in this lawsuit that he has been defamed by Facebook, that his good journalism uh, is being um, simply... Uh, challenged because it doesn't fit the narrative of Facebook. And this is a great way, I think, to 
uh, sue for damages because here's a guy, lifelong journalist, who does an honest job of interviewing both sides, putting all the facts out there, as he historically does. He's never been considered to be uh, on one side or the other, the left or the right. He's a libertarian, uh, and he's always done a very fair job of reporting. And now his name and credibility are being damaged uh, because he simply did not uh, come to the right conclusion with, with his videos. I think this is a great legal angle to go after Facebook for. He's asking for $2 million, but it's not really the amount of money I think here. Uh, it's, it's, it's the victory that I think would give more, much more freedom on social media because I think it's true. I think if, if your uh, post that you put on Facebook is automatically flagged and discredited by a fact checker simply because it doesn't fit the liberal narrative, that does destroy your credibility. And um, all of these platforms enjoy this special exemption from liability because they're not publishers, they're community forums, but yet when they engage in this fact-checking and they engage in this type of, um, you know, clearly, you know, limiting the reach of content that they don't agree with, that doesn't fit within the liberal narrative, I think it clearly does make them a publisher, not a community forum. And I'm really fascinated to see how this John Stossel lawsuit comes out. Somebody's going to eventually find a crack in the armor of Facebook, and maybe it's going to be our friend John Stossel. Okay, China this past week declared all cryptocurrency transactions illegal. And everybody panicked. I can't tell you how many messages I got on Facebook, how many emails I got. People worried, you know, what does this mean? Uh, China has been really against uh, cryptocurrency from the beginning. Why? Because they're communists and they're against freedom. And there's nothing that uh, really spells freedom more than cryptocurrency. When you're taking uh, money out of the hands of government and you're putting it in the hands of people and not the Federal Reserve and not these central banks, uh, you know, it's, it's a threat to governments, in particular communists like the Chinese. And uh, it's well known that they're coming out with their own, uh, you know, national cryptocurrency. And that's coming soon. And I think they want to get everything else out because they want they don't want anything to distract from their own uh, digital currency, their nationalized digital currency. Um, so people are panicking. You know, Jim, what does this mean? Is Bitcoin going to crash? Uh, no, it's not going to crash. Uh, it, it, let me tell you what this does. Anytime they try to ban cryptocurrency, especially in places like China, it does one thing. It causes people to want it more. And, and people are, you know, people will find ways to get it and to keep it offshore and to keep it, you know, uh, anonymously. They're, they're, these are smart people. I love the people of China. I hate the government of China. Uh, but this will do nothing but help Bitcoin. Uh, it will do nothing but help Bitcoin. Believe me, Bitcoin did not crash uh, as a result of this. Bitcoin has had a little bit of a correction. I don't think it had anything to do with the Chinese. I think it had to do with uh, the, the stock market correction that happened a little bit uh, earlier this week. But it's just a normal pullback. You know, Bitcoin is volatile. Uh, I think tonight it's sitting at around 43,000 uh, on its way back up to 50,000. I don't really think this will have any effect in the long run. Uh, on Bitcoin, uh, the Chinese people will just want it more. That's my view. 
Uh, call me Pollyannish, but that's what I think. Okay, and then lastly, another disturbing story about Big Brother. Uh, Delta Airlines is trying to get all the airlines together to create a national no-fly list of unruly passengers. Now, on the one hand, I think this, I, I get it. I, I read a story this week of a guy who tried to uh, you know, break into the cockpit and uh, had to be held down by five or six uh, you know, uh, flight attendants and passengers helped as well. There are crazy nutcases that need to be kicked off the airlines. But the government has a no-fly list. The idea of this, which is already a very difficult thing to accept because there's no judicial process to get off the government's no-fly list. It, once you get on it, you're kind of on it, and there's no official way of getting off of it. Um, and some people do deserve to be on that no-fly list, no doubt about it. But the idea of these private corporations getting together and deciding uh, you know, on, you know, to be able to ban you as a private corporation to ban you, not just from their airline, but to get all the airlines together to ban you from ever being able to fly again. I just don't trust them. And I've seen too many stories of overreach where, you know, a two or three year old kid doesn't have their mask on. So all of a sudden, like the police storm the plane and the family's taken off the plane. I've seen too many stories of this where the airlines are clearly abusing their discretion and their power in enforcing uh, these masks. Um, I get it. They have to have us wear the masks because uh, it's an FAA rule right now. The government's requiring it. But at the same time, I do not like this idea of private businesses banding together and doing this because what's next? Uh, let's say that um, all the uh, country's grocery stores decide to get together and have a, a no grocery shopping list for people that uh, don't didn't behave well in one grocery store. So all of a sudden you can't buy groceries anymore. I mean, this is where it goes. So I just I think this is a terrible idea. And uh, I think it's dangerous to even start moving in that direction. OK, we'll take a one minute break when we come back. Our good friend private investigator and author Randy Williams is here. We'll be talking about the manhunt for Brian Laundrie and the Gabby Petito case. All of that coming up in one minute. Stand by. We'll be back.